My theory says that my thoughts create chemistry. The chemistry creates the horrible feelings because of the thoughts, which then create more thoughts, which create more chemistry, more thoughts, more chemistry. And this just goes on and on in a cycle. If I can't change the thoughts, what if I change the chemistry? Can I change the chemistry? Because if I change the chemistry, my theory says the thoughts should change too. This is episode number 49 with Mori Zalkovich. Welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. My name is Tibor Nard, mindset and performance coach and the founder of Mindset Horizon. The mission of this weekly show is to reveal the disruptive mindset of purpose-driven entrepreneurs, high performers, visionaries and change makers so you can transform your mindset, realize your full potential and execute on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's get started. What is up, Mindset Nation? Welcome back to the Mindset Horizon podcast. I'm excited to announce that today's episode is brought to you by Podcasters Paradise. As a mission and impact-driven entrepreneur, thought leader, visionary, and change maker, have you ever thought of increasing your online visibility, building credibility, and scaling your impact and business by starting your own podcast? If you answer this question with hell yeah, now this is your chance. According to Edison Research in the US, podcasting is one of the fastest growing medium. Since I started podcasting, I knew I needed to invest in myself, learn more about podcasting, and surround myself with the best minds in the podcasting industry. This is how I became part of the number one online community for podcasters called Podcasters Paradise, created by John Lee Dumas, founder and host of Entrepreneurs on Fire, one of the most successful top-ranked and award-winning podcasts. So if you're ready to start your own podcast, build credibility, and scale your impact and business, I highly recommend checking out Podcasters Paradise at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash paradise. That's again, MindsetHorizon.com forward slash paradise. You can also find the links on our show notes page at MindsetHorizon.com forward slash podcast. If you have any questions after checking out the Podcasters Paradise page or you want to know more about my incredibly positive experiences with Podcasters Paradise, shoot me an email at tibor at mindsethorizon.com or DM me on Instagram at tibor.mindsethorizon. I'm very much looking forward to hearing from you. And so without further ado, let's dive into today's episode. My guest today is Mori Zalkovich, a certified brainwave entrainment engineer and the creator of the Mori Method, which is the result of decades of study and research in the field of brainwave entrainment. At the beginning of today's conversation, we talk about Mori's personal story and we dive deeper into the science behind brainwave entrainment. In the middle of the episode, we talk about a lot of really interesting topics connected to the brain, such as brainwave states, altered states, neurobiology, meditation, and how you can unleash the full potential of your mind. Closer to the end of the episode, Mori talks about the quantum mind method, his products, and the pioneering work he has done so far in the brainwave entrainment field. 
In the end, Mori also recommends super amazing books to the listeners. If you want to find out more about today's guest and check out the free resources, book recommendations and detailed show notes, simply head over to our website mindsethorizon.com and check out the episode's show notes page at mindsethorizon.com forward slash 49. That's again mindsethorizon.com forward slash 49. And now a couple of words about today's guest. As a child, Mori had many problems ranging from hearing thousands of voices in his head to severe depression. He also had a very big mouth, was always getting into trouble, and was unbelievably accident-prone. Something inside of him made him start looking into the brainwave entrainment field when he began to observe that sometimes time would seem to move faster and more pleasantly than other times. He eventually made the connection that when time seemed to move quicker, the sounds he was hearing were more rhythmic in nature. And when time seemed to painfully stand still, the surrounding sounds were far more disjointed in nature. After many years of using other people's products with some limited success, he was determined to figure out why these recordings seemed to work only in a minor way, when all of the research he read suggested the effects should be more dominant than what he was experiencing. He decided that his best route to understanding was learning at the feet of an expert in the field. So he finally contacted the world's foremost expert in the field of brainwave entrainment and discovered some invaluable secrets that he just couldn't get anywhere else. Now he has conquered those extra voices in his head and severe depression and his mission in life is to help others improve the quality of their lives without the use of dangerous and habit-forming drugs. And so Mindset Nation, without any further ado, let's welcome today's incredible guest, Hi, Maury, and welcome to the Mindset Horizon podcast. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I can't tell you how much I've been looking forward to this. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I was looking forward to this as well, and I must confess I am more than excited to dive into your world today in this conversation. And so just a couple of words. You're the creator of the Maury Method, and you became one of the few certified brainwave entrainment engineers in the world. And so I, I just wanted to start this conversation with your story and how you got where you are today, becoming this uh, certified brainwave entrainment engineer. Sure. Well, uh, it's kind of a, well, for me, at least it was an interesting story. Hopefully I don't put people to sleep on your end. But basically, <laughs> uh, I lived most of my life in what I call severe dark, I, I would call it a clinical depression if a doctor had bothered to, you know, say I was, wow. but the doctors who yeah. checked me out all said that I coped really well. And it was back in the days before they gave pills for everything. So I wasn't really treated. They just said, well, you cope well, which is interesting because I tried to kill myself a bunch of times. And oh I, well, you know, the truth of the matter is it's not so hard to kill yourself if you really want to. So I guess most wow. of me really didn't want to. Uh, which explains why I didn't succeed at it. But at the time, I just kept thinking, boy, I even fail at that. Isn't that wonderful? I used to, yeah, I used to wake up every morning and cross my fingers and uh, stand up on my bed. The window was behind my bed and I'd draw my curtains open and I would hope to see mushroom clouds because if I saw mushroom clouds, it meant I wouldn't have to live through another day. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty oh dark, God. pretty dark stuff actually. Mm. And wow. I, 
I mean, I was kind of known as the class clown and the jokester because I would continually try to, you know, force myself, you know, kind of act it out and that's how you are, but it didn't really work for me. I was just pretending the whole time. I -hmm. was a drug addict, uh, cocaine, did acid a number of times, uh, tons of marijuana, alcoholism, sex addiction, you know, uh, just pretty much anything and everything that I could do. I of course tried all the traditional methods like hypnosis and psychiatry (laughs) and everything else to try to help myself too, but everything was more or less just a distraction. It didn't help, but you may notice that when I, you know, go over all of this, there's not really any emotion in my voice. No, no, actually it's, it's yeah. Yeah. It's smooth. Exactly. And that's a sign that I'm not reliving these things when I, when I speak of them and in essence, I've dealt with them. So when you deal with something, you can talk about it and it doesn't, you don't relive it. You don't experience it over and over again. If you haven't dealt with something, if something's embedded within you, just talking about it will Mm. annoy you. It'll aggravate you. It'll upset you. That's how you can tell actually, if you have unresolved issues. Yeah. 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 Many people think that an unresolved issue is something that, or a repressed issue is something that they don't remember. And the Mm -hmm. truth is that has Mm -hmm. nothing to do with it. That's just Hollywood. You know, the old movies where, you know, they have like the Freudian psychologist doing regression therapy and bringing it out of you and through catharsis, you feel better. Well, the truth Mm -hmm. is you can remember everything. So anytime anybody is talking or even thinking about something and it upsets them, that's a sign that they haven't dealt with an issue and something, Uh, something that they pretty much have to deal with. So. Basically, when I realized I couldn't find a way to die, I had to find a way to live. And by doing that, I started doing a lot of research. So I have an honors degree in psychology and a minor in sociology, but that really didn't help me too much. I kind of took those majors because I wanted to try to understand myself better, but they really didn't help me all that much. I found that I had to kind of take the lead myself and and see what I could figure out on my own. So what I did was I started going to libraries and reading medical journals and and neurology and uh, neurochemistry and physics, all these things to try to understand the dynamics as to why I, I am the way I am. My parents, great people, family, great people, no problems there. I had a roof over my head. I had food, you know, clothes on my back, no reason Mm -hmm. to feel the way I felt. And yet I did. So, well, what happened was I ended up realizing after some time that, you know, I didn't tell anyone about any of this in the beginning because I thought everybody was like this. It just seemed natural because as long as I could remember, I felt like this. So, you know, you don't ask for help until it's way too late usually. And, you know, as I said before, no one was there to help me. No one tried to help me. Everyone thought I was better than I really was. I guess I became a pretty good actor at that. And even though I expressed myself verbally, it didn't come out, you know, nobody actually really, I guess they really didn't believe me all that much. So I did my own research. I had to do everything by myself. I tried everything that was out there. There used to be a magazine. It may still be there for that matter called tools for exploration. And, Mm -hmm. uh, that got me into some weird stuff like brainwave entrainment, for instance, 
but I tried all the standard things, uh, hypnosis, comedy therapy, laughing therapy, yelling, screaming therapy, um, you know, meditation, <laughs> everything under the sun, including all the drugs and, and, you know, sex and everything else that I could think of, which none of it really helped. It would give me a few seconds of relief while I was distracted. But after that, immediately I would go right back into, you know, the role of being the depressed idiot. And I, really do think I was a bit of an idiot because mm. I, I think some of these things I tried might've been able to help me if I didn't already have the attitude kind of embedded into my brain that whatever I do isn't going to help. I somehow maybe even deserved what I was, you know, feeling and what I was getting almost like, you know, what was I, was I Hitler in a previous life, you know, and I'm paying for it now. Is that how it works? So you know, you go through life like that and mm. it gets pretty dark, pretty fast. And what ended up happening was I, you know, through my hunting and pecking through all these different things, I eventually came up with, you know, all these holistic ways of doing things and none of those helped me either. And, you know, it re really was nothing was helping, but eventually I came across this thing called brainwave entrainment. And at that point I was already a researcher. Now I'm not classically <laughs> trained, you know, you, there is no school for learning brainwave entrainment, but <laughs> that being said, I learned how to research myself and I started doing my own, you know, research using myself as a case study. And it seemed to me that brainwave entrainment might help me because I had no other reason. There was nothing left to blame on how I felt other than brain chemistry. You know, I, I even had uh, exams and x-rays and, and CAT scans and stuff, and my brain was okay. There was nothing wrong that they could find physically mm -hmm. with my brain. So mm -hmm. I figured it had to be neurochemical because in my research, it, it was becoming more and more clear to me that our thoughts create brainwave activity and our brainwave activity creates chemistry. And it had to be that chemistry because I was so depressed and I was repeating and, and going through all these horrible thoughts all the time. It turned out that I just came to the conclusion that my brain chemistry must be off in some fashion. So I ended up using that as my basis and I found all these programs out there. I won't mention any of the names, but most of them are out there still and they mm -hmm. didn't help me. Mm -hmm. And I was very depressed because I was sure I had found the key and yet nothing, it did nothing for me at all. Mm -hmm. So I had to make a decision. I'm either going to live the rest of my life in misery or these products and services that were out there presently weren't doing it right, or at least weren't doing it right for me. So I delved a lot deeper into the technology and into the theory. I created my own recordings. And as I started doing that and listening to them, I noticed that my attitude was just shifting automatically. I didn't have to practice any weird weird exercises or mantras or chants or anything like that. I just put on headphones and I laid back and closed my eyes and let whatever happened happen. And mm. as I listened more and more, and as I researched more and more and came up with new techniques, I started getting better and better. Wow. Yeah. And that's basically, you know, I mean, there's so many more details, but there's no point in boring people with them. The bottom line is I was forced into a corner by myself. And mm -hmm. I let the paint dry and I walked out.
That's amazing. So first of all, I want to appreciate you for sharing this story. Thank you. And second of all, when I listened to some of your interviews, I was wondering how you got into brainwave entrainment, but you actually answered this question, which is really interesting. So you, your realization was, was about the brain chemistry. So something needs to be changed there, right? Yes. And so you mentioned also meditation. I don't know if it's connected, but for the listeners and also for me, uh, what is brainwave entrainment, how it works, and you know how you got deeper into this. Sure. Well, meditation is kind of like the birth point of this, really, because mm-hmm. meditation affects brainwave activity when you're doing it right. My problem with meditation was that I was questioning myself all the time. Am I doing this right? Am I supposed to feel like this? Is this happening? Is this working? I was so busy trying to grade myself on my meditation that it wasn't doing anything for me. But as I was doing my research, I realized that with brainwave entrainment, the way it works is it doesn't matter what you believe and it doesn't matter what you think. It just Mm -hmm. happens because it's a series of sculpted tones that creates something called the frequency following response in your brain. So have you ever listened to music you like and you kind of suddenly pay attention to the fact your head is bobbing up and down or your foot is tapping or your hand is like tapping on your leg? That is a form of entrainment. You're entraining to the music, to the beat of the music, and you don't even know you're doing it. You're just doing it. Well, that's what happens with your brain and your neurons because neurons are actually your cells that make up your brain. So they naturally will pulse at different frequencies in different parts of the brain. Different frequencies are more prevalent than others, but they'll pulse. And when they pulse at specific frequencies, they release neurochemicals, hormones, neurotransmitters, endorphins, Mm -hmm. all these kinds of chemicals. And depending on how your brain is beating, if you will, how the neurons are pulsing, it will create different chemistry in different parts of the brain. And these all mix together and create what I call a chemical soup. And Mm -hmm. just like a chef can make a soup that tastes like dishwater or heavenly, that's what I was doing. I was creating the dishwater (laughs) chemistry in my brain. (laughs) And I realized, you know, I really, it really, I kind of latched on like a dog that won't let go. I really latched onto the idea that my brain chemistry was the issue. And (laughs) I knew in my heart of hearts that this chemistry was being caused by my thoughts, because I think that's the cycle of depression where you eventually you start learning some lessons. You start thinking some negative thoughts, you know, why me? Woe is me. I'm always failing. I try something and it explodes in my face on a regular basis. Well, the more you start believing in that mantra, the more your brain says, okay, Well, I don't judge what you think, so I'm just going to give you what you're asking for. So the way the brain works is if you, do you love somebody, Tibor? Um, Or a pet? Yeah. Or a person? Okay. So anyone out there, Tibor, just think of whoever you love or whatever you love. So Mm -hmm. the feeling you get from that isn't because you love them. The feeling you get from that is because you want to feel that feeling and your brain through the sensation of love, through the action of believing in love, creates frequencies. And these frequencies merge together to create chemistry. And it is the chemistry that allows you to feel the love, to feel you, 
to allow you to feel that warm, you know, coziness mm -hmm. of love. When you're angry, you don't feel anger unless your brain creates the appropriate chemistry that allows you to feel the anger. Mm -hmm. When you're happy, wow. it's the same thing. So I figured let's read all these self-help books and learn all these techniques and feel better. So I'd read these books and I start feeling better and better and better as I'm reading. And as soon as the book is over, I would collapse again because mm -hmm. it wasn't really doing anything. There was nothing out there powerful enough to change my beliefs. And that mm -hmm. was really my problem. And I think that's a lot of people's problems. They just believe so strongly in their diatribe of how they feel and why they feel what they feel. This is just them. I mean, you'll ask people, well, this is just me. I'm just like this. This is me. Well, you know what? It isn't you. Unless it makes you happy, it isn't you. Nature gave you a way of measuring whether you're on the right track or not. And that's whether you're happy or not happy. So if you're not happy, it's nature's way of saying you need to change something. If you're happy, you're on the right track, keep going. It's the same thing with pain. If you break your leg and you don't feel pain, you might get up on it and start walking and then damage it so much that you'll never be able to use it again. But the pain makes you get help and it makes you get the leg set. And then a few months later, you're walking on it normally because the pain was there. Pain is something to be grateful for. Anger is something to be grateful for. Depression is something to be grateful for. If you're grateful for all these things in the beginning, then you will find that you take action on them. And that will stop them from growing out of control and going crazy on you. So with me, I finally realized that, hey, all the, all the wisdom in the world is not helping me at all, not in the slightest. I cannot change my thoughts. None of the brilliant people out there, and as we all know, there's tons of brilliant people out there with fantastic ideas, but they couldn't change my thinking because it was too ingrained in me. It wasn't changing me. And then it struck mm -hmm. me. And this is what got me into the brainwave entrainment for sure. Okay. I can't wow. change the thoughts. Yeah. I, I'll accept that now because I've been trying for years to change the thoughts and nothing changes. However, my theory says that my thoughts create chemistry. The chemistry creates the horrible feelings because of the thoughts, which then create more thoughts, which create more chemistry, more thoughts, more chemistry. And this just goes on and on in a cycle. So mm -hmm. if I can't change the thoughts, what if I change the chemistry? Can I change the chemistry? Because if I change the chemistry, my theory says the thoughts should change too. And that's when I started experimenting with drugs and everything else because drugs change thoughts, <laughs> but they were yeah, helping yeah. me. Wow. When I came across brainwave entrainment though, that was the key because it struck me through something called the frequency following response. Mm -hmm. I can change my my actual brain frequencies. And by changing that, it should automatically, without me even noticing, change my thoughts. So I started designing these entrainment tones based on this knowledge. And by doing that, all of a sudden, I would just catch myself not being depressed. Wow, that's really incredible. So you mentioned a couple of things, for example, thoughts uh, that create chemistry and then the loops, uh, the loop, you know, is the circle happens. And um, yeah, I'm a huge believer of, but I called it actually state. So when I have a thought, obviously it has some kind of a 
or when I have a thought, I my brain releases neurochemicals and I feel something in my body, and uh, that's the thought and the neurochemical. So when I, for example, meditate, right, the, the reason why I meditate, for example, in the morning is that I want to get into an excited, inspirational state. So what I actually, what I've been using was rather... Uh, creative visualization process, but the reason was I wanted to get into this inspirational state, right? So through those thoughts and through the feelings, which I generate during the meditation or creative visualization process, um, I wanted to mention state of mind and also state of being, because when you have these neurochemicals released in the body, then we have this feeling or also state of being, if I'm not mistaken. But I actually wanted to ask you, so because I wanted to mention that uh, I used music. So I've been using different kind of uh, different types of music during meditation, right? So, and I realized that music had an effect on on if I can get into a relaxed state or not. So I've been experimenting with different kind of musics. Also, I used guided meditation tools and also just simple relaxing music. And brainwave entrainment, what do we do during listening to these, you know, how do we call it, audio files? Well, music is music. It's kind of the same, but kind of very different. The brain reacts via something called the frequency following response. So if you hear bah, 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 and all of these pulses are the same shape and the same size and the same amplitude with the same spacing in between, then your brain will eventually start following that frequency, hence the term frequency following response. Mm -hmm. That will then elicit something called a cortical evoked response, which is where the neurons start firing in unison with these, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. with these pulses. When you listen to music, it's a different dynamic because music has some repetitive tones in it, no question. Usually it's the drum beat or sometimes the bass, but it's all over the place. So music is more of a preference. So you could listen to hip hop music and get totally relaxed and totally at, in tune with the world around you. I could listen to hip hop music and want to pick up an ax mm -hmm. and, and like destroy my stereo. Now I'm not saying that's necessarily the case. I'm just using it as an yeah. example. There's nothing wrong with hip hop music, yeah, okay? Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just using it as an example. It could be rock and roll. It could be jazz. It can be classical. It could be mm -hmm. anything. Some people are going to really love it and other people aren't going to really love it. It's going to agitate some, it's going to calm others. This is just how music is. Brainwave entrainment is a system where you limit your stimulation. So you're not being stimulated by anything else. You're just being stimulated by the tones and by the background mask, if there is one. And all that's happening mm -hmm. is the tones. So it's ba, 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 ba. And depending on how many times a second, your brain follows that and nothing else. With music, there's so many different sounds and, and mm -hmm. tweaks and riffs and this and that and everything else. It's not the same. Music can be considered disassociative. So it helps you to disassociate from what's going on. Kind of like when people put on uh, nature recordings to relax. Mm -hmm. 
you know, a stream or a, or a thunder shower or rain or, you know, animals or cicadas or whatever it is that's making the noise or a combination of all of these things yeah. is often the case. It's distracting. Mm -hmm. That's what dissociative means. It's just distracting. And there's a benefit to that. There's no question that there's a benefit mm -hmm, to that. Mm -hmm. And for, for some individuals, that will be a strong benefit too, like really strong. But for most of us, it's a temporary thing. The music ends and you start coming down. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like a coffee yeah. or a cigarette. You get that little buzz right away and then it just starts dropping as soon as you're mm -hmm, done. Mm -hmm. So music is useful and it definitely is wonderful. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to argue with you there, but from a point or a state of entrainment, yeah. Music doesn't entrain you at mm -hmm, all. Mm -hmm. You need to have the isolated tones and that is it. Now you can have words incorporated too, but then the entrainment isn't there to specifically entrain you. It's more there designed to help release certain neurochemicals that will allow for the intake of new ideas and new thoughts. Mm -hmm. But entrainment is much more powerful. And interestingly enough, a lot of people, when they first start hearing it, they find it a little agitating and even repetitive because it is super repetitive. Yeah, yeah. And you would think that it's going to be boring. You're going to get used to it. It's kind of like, you know, if you ever had a favorite song that you heard on the radio and then you buy the album or the tape or the MP3, I guess these days, then you would play it to death. And after a couple of weeks or a month or so, you never want to hear it again. Yeah. Right. Because, okay, okay. It was my favorite song, you know, but it's enough already. Well, with brainwave entrainment, because it has such a powerful effect on the brain, <laughs> it actually doesn't get boring and it doesn't lose any of its effect over time. Music will lose effect over time if you overdo it. Brainwave entrainment doesn't. I still use recordings and I have customers who use recordings for decades and they still give them the same effects or similar effects depending on their state at the time of listening, of course you know, their diet, uh, you know, there's other things that are involved, but you can't get used to this. It's like saying you're getting used to breathing. Well, you know, I've been breathing for a lot of years now, yeah. so there's no way it's having the same effect on me. It used to, <laughs> yeah. right. Or I should just stop eating now because, you know, I've been eating for 50 years. I mean, what's the point in eating anymore? Obviously it can't have be having the same effect. It's just like that. It's just like if you brush your teeth once a month, your teeth are going to rot and your breath is going to be horrible. Mm -hmm. But if you do it every day, it gets you going and it really serves a very strong purpose from a neurobiological standpoint, a neurophysical standpoint, and a neurochemical standpoint, which is pretty much exactly how you experience the world around you. So you mentioned neuro neurochemistry and is, is it also connected to, you know, different states? So when we talk about, you know, um, or different brainwave states rather, so can we get into different brainwave states when we are listening to different kind of audios? Well, the goal is to exercise your brain. I look at the brain as a muscle. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now it doesn't flex like a bicep, but it is a muscle nonetheless. And if it gets used regularly, it can be strong. And if it doesn't get used, it turns to mush, just like any other muscle. So with brainwave entrainment, what happens is it exercises the brain. Everyone's interested in exercising the body, but they don't exercise the brain. Mm. And you need to have a unison between the two because let's face it, they're all part of the same system. They're all part of the same structure. So when we talk about the brain and we talk about brainwave entrainment, mm -hmm. it actually, you know, the brain states as you were talking about are interesting because someone will meditate and they will say, well, I'm in alpha. Mm -hmm. 
or I'm in theta mm-hmm. or whatever they want to claim that they're in. And they, you can get certain feelings. So you can kind of tell what state you're in. For instance, mm-hmm. generally speaking, when people are awake and alert, like you and mm-hmm. I are, people would say we're in beta mm-hmm. because that's traditionally associated with being awake and alert. The truth is I'm in theta. And I know this because I've put on electroencephalograph equipment when I've been talking. And I know that when I get into this topic, I tend to be dominant theta. The other thing is nobody is exactly everything all the time. Mm. So I might be dominant theta now, but there's still beta, alpha, gamma, and yes, delta, which everyone assumes is sleep and only sleep going on in my brain, different parts of my brain all the time. The goal with brainwave entrainment is to get a dominant number of neurons pulsing at a specific frequency for a specific effect. Now, there is a uh, there's a misconception in brainwave entrainment out there because there's unfortunately a lot of people who, for whatever reason, don't understand brainwave entrainment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but they still talk like they do. And part of the problem with that is believing that you're in a specific state and that a specific state is, gen- I mean, you can say it's generally associated with this, but it isn't always associated with this. People have different characteristics in that state, mm-hmm. just like they have different characteristics when they're at a party mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or when they're at a lecture. Some people might be bored. Some people might be excited. So, I mean, it's the same stimulus, right? But everybody's going to feel something different from it and get something different from it. With properly engineered entrainment, you actually get what whatever it is you need because it's acting on your brain. My brain is different from your brain. We have different experiences, different memories, different, you know, life, <laughs> different lives. Yeah different beliefs, different systems of belief. And all these things influence the different states you're in. So when people say they're in a state, they're probably wrong as far as what state they are in, unless they've measured themselves like I Mm -hmm. have. But additionally to that, you have to understand that when you're in a different brainwave state, Mm -hmm. it's a natural state. You're not going into some supernatural state. You're not going into some unnatural state. It's not really an altered state. Mm. We tend to exist in altered states, which means in states that aren't natural. We're in stress. Stress is a response that's supposed to occur a few seconds at a time when you need it. It's not supposed to be a general fact of life. You're not supposed to exist in stress all the time. Yeah, so so it's, it's one of the topics that I got really interested about, uh, altered states of consciousness. So would you just... Uh, share a little bit more about it. So you mentioned, you know, anxiety, for example. These are all altered states. Now, being anxious, being afraid, being excited, Mm -hmm. being anything, turned on, whatever, all of these are natural states. They're not altered states. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The trick is to experience them the way we were designed. Look at us at when we were cave people, when we were cave dwellers, uh, Neanderthal, Paleolithic age, all these different things. We have evolved, but essentially we still have two eyes. We still have a nose. We still have ears. We still have a mouth. We still have a brain. The brain has changed, but the functions are essentially the same. When the brain was uh, installed in our heads, it was designed to operate a certain way and under certain conditions. So going back to our cave dwelling past, what did we do? We woke up in the morning, Mm -hmm. we hunted, we gathered, 
we had sex. We didn't know why we were having sex, but we did it anyway. <laughs> well, we really didn't. It was an instinct, yeah, right? Yeah. It felt good. That's that's one of the reasons why sex feels good, not because we need it to feel good now, mm-hmm. but because we needed it to feel good then, mm-hmm. because we it was uh, you know an imperative, a survival imperative that we keep going as a race. Otherwise, we wouldn't reproduce, and we would have been around for like a couple of generations, and that would have been it for us. So, you know, we ate, we defecated, we urinated, we went to sleep. And then it started over again. So our lives consisted of four or five things. And that was it. Believe it or not, much less stressful than anything any of us go through today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Okay. So the brain creates neurochemistry when it's in these states, which means it's very likely that back then our brains had dominant brainwave patterns for extended periods of time, minutes at a time, 15 minutes, 20 minutes, maybe even longer at a time. Uh, staring at a fire. If any of you have ever been mesmerized by staring at a fire or hearing the crackling of the wood, these people were doing this for hours and hours every day Yeah, between cooking and, and however they would have socialized and all these other things. So they were getting an abundance of these neurochemicals. Now let's flash forward to now. We're lucky if we get a stable brainwave state for a few seconds at a time. Wow. Yeah right? Which means we're not producing the neurochemistry. Our brains are by the way designed to produce and designed to need in order to feel good. Mm. No wonder that we have so many people on antidepressants and doing drugs and doing all kinds of things. Uh, you know, all these extreme sports, it's lovely to watch all this stuff on TV, but why do people feel the need to do this? Because they need to stimulate themselves because their brains aren't getting what they need naturally because we don't have that ability anymore because we're too stressed with taxes. And after we pay our taxes, then we're stressed with knowing they're coming up again soon. And we're stressed with looking over our shoulder every time we hear a floorboard creak that the boss is there getting ready to give us the pink slip or that our wives or husbands or boyfriends or girlfriends are cheating on us or this or that or this or that. And we're fed all this crap all the time. We are fed these expectations. People watch television shows. Wow with rapes and crimes and, and they listen to the news and read the newspaper and watch news. And it's all about stimulating your senses with fear and with disgusting ideas. So we're all watching all these cop dramas that win Emmy awards and Academy awards and all these movies and all these violent things. And they are actually training you how to be miserable. They are trained, no matter how entertained you think you are, they're training you to be miserable. And it's the ultimate training when a human being can be conned so easily into following a message that is so wrong for them, but they think it's right for them. And because they think it's right, they keep following that message. And because they keep following that message, they keep going into the pit of darkness more and more and more. And I don't understand why I'm not successful. And I don't understand why I'm not happy. And I don't understand why I can't satisfy my wife. And I don't understand why this, and I don't understand why that. And I don't understand any of this, but it's all because of the stimulation that they choose to expose themselves to. Wow, that's that's amazing. And actually, I cannot agree more. Uh, I was approaching this topic from a different um, field, so to speak, coaching when it comes to, you know, exploring yourself from the inside out. 
Um, and uh, I also believe that some people, you know, might think or believe that they want something and that thing is actually not their, you know, inner mm-hmm. um, desire for something, but something, you know, society society hypnotized them uh, with social media, media and all these things. And they might think they want that stuff or anything or that uh-huh. goal, you know, but it's not coming from a, from an inner desire. I, you're 100% right. 100% right. I couldn't agree with you more. I felt like a plotting through all of that. Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I've been, I've been analyzing myself as well, you know, because I moved out to Germany. I was chasing um, a definition of success, I would say, you know, so I was not satisfied, for example, in Hungary with my salary. So then I transitioned to, to the field that I'm in right now. But, you know, it was through through personal development and also reflecting, uh, raising some awareness around those things. What I actually wanted to ask is you mentioned beliefs and um, a couple of times, and we haven't talked about the conscious and subconscious mind. So I was just wondering when we listen to these audio files, is it connected to to the topic of tapping into the subconscious as well. Would you maybe elaborate on that a little bit? Sure. There's a misconception. There's a lot of misconceptions. Mm -hmm. So look at your hand. Your hand can hold a tool and operate that tool. Many tools. It can handle a remote control. It can handle a mouse. It can handle a screwdriver, a hammer, all these different things. So let's say those four things, five things I just mentioned. Mm -hmm. Do you have one hand or five hands? I have one. <laughs> yeah, on the right side and the left, right? <laughs> exactly. So why is it when we talk about the conscious, the subconscious and the unconscious minds, we think of them as three separate things? They're not separate at all. They're one thing that does all these things. Mm-hmm. It's not three different things. They're, look, psychology came up with these terms mm-hmm. in an attempt to describe function, not form. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. You can think of the conscious mind as the mind that takes in the stimulation. You can think of the subconscious as the mind that supports and processes all this information. And you can think of the unconscious as the autonomic nervous system. Okay. Mm -hmm. That's the one that just automatically does stuff that needs to be done automatically, like make you breathe, make your heart beat, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But they're all the same thing. They're not separate, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, people make the mistake of thinking they're separate, you know, and then, and then there's a misnomer with people talking about the, uh, how the subconscious is the real leader of the show. You know, 80% of what we do is the subconscious or 90% of what we do is the subconscious. Well, you know, even if that's true, which I'm not so sure. Okay. Because again, I think it's all one unit anyway, but even if it is true, then where does the subconscious get its information from? That's a good question. It gets it from the 10% of the conscious mind, right? So all of a sudden, this 10% of the conscious mind becomes equal to the 90% of the unconscious mind. Because without the consciousness, the subconscious doesn't get any information. Mm-hmm. It doesn't know how to interpret anything without the conscious mind feeding it. It's kind of like your computer is a wonderful you know, data processing tool, but unless you type the keys, nothing's going to happen. 
or click that mouse, nothing's going to happen. So the mouse and the keyboard might be secondary in terms of how much effect they actually have, you know, and then it's a CPU that processes everything. But without the tapping, without the clicking, the CPU does nothing. Mm. It just sits there. Yeah. So people need to understand that with their brains, it's the same thing. The conscious, the subconscious, the unconscious, they're all the same thing. They're just different. They're ways of describing because men and women, we all need a way of explaining something. We need to understand. That's a wonderful thing about human beings, but it's also one of our worst traits Yeah. because sometimes by understanding or thinking we're understanding, we're actually closing our mind. Imagine all the, all the thoughts that disappear when you start thinking of the conscious mind or the subconscious mind as at odds with each other. Mm. Wow. Right? Yeah. It doesn't, it, it hurts you. It doesn't help you. We need to look at ourselves as a system. Okay. I believe we're all energy and Einstein said that energy can't be destroyed. It can only be changed, which means when our bodies become no longer useful to us, we move just like you moved from Germany to Hungary, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, you simulated quote unquote death by doing that. Every time anybody has moved, they have simulated death because you, what makes you different? Look, we're all robots. Mm -hmm. Okay. We are computers are designed on our brains. Robots are designed on our bodies mm -hmm. and our brains. So we're a robot. Instead of being wires and metal and synthetics, we are skin and bone and, mm. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And blood, right? Uh, we are the only source in the universe that I'm aware of that doesn't have a production source of electricity. But we have electric current going through our bodies. Our brains are obviously electric. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we don't have a source creating that electricity in our bodies. <laughs> wow. We don't have a generator. Huge. So that must be what religion would call the soul, mm -hmm. right? In my mind, anyway, that is who you really are. You are a ball of energy, if you will. And you are currently living in this most, you know, in this, uh, I think Star Trek called it once an ugly bag of mostly water. <laughs> so that, that's what we live in, right? Some alien looked at us and said, why don't you stop? doing this, you ugly bag of mostly water. And, and that's what we are. We're an ugly bag of mostly water. That's what all of us are. And it is a current housing of our, of who we are, our personality, our, our, us. Maury Zelkovich isn't what Maury Zelkovich looks like. Maury Zelkovich is what he is inside. Okay. Everything else is just something to make me mobile. Mm -hmm. That's it. And then when this form no longer serves its purpose, it will cease to function. And the electricity, the energy that is me will change into something else as is nature. That's what nature dictates. Energy cannot, you know, energy flows through the wires in your home. It comes out in the form of a picture or it comes out in the form of light. And then that light turns into heat. And then that heat turns into something else. Energy is constantly in flux. It's constantly changing. Wow. So we need to wrap our heads around these things. We need to wrap our heads around the idea that there's no such thing as the past or the future. Fear is a big problem in people's lives, as I'm sure you know. And yeah. I'm sure when you're coaching people, that probably crops up as one of the most urgent 
issues. And if you dig down, it's probably the base for almost everything. But think about it. Fear doesn't occur in the present. Fear only occurs as a function of what you think might happen in the future. Mm. You're afraid. You can't be afraid in the present moment because in the present moment, you're experiencing and acting because you have no choice. But the truth of the matter is most of us live in the past belaboring mistakes we made mm -hmm. or worry about the future, thinking about the mistakes we're going to make, yeah. right? Yeah. Or, or the problems that are coming. But we all, you know, it's, it's a common phrase, right? We need to learn to live in the present, mm -hmm. right? But interestingly enough, there is no past, there is no future, which means there's only the present, which means we all live in the present anyway. Whether we like to talk about it or not, we're all living in the present. When we put our attention in the past or in the future, that is where the present falls apart. Mm -hmm. People need to start paying attention to right now. Wow. Right now. Because think about it. Do you remember what you had for lunch yesterday or dinner? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. When you're thinking about what you remember you had for lunch or dinner, when are you thinking about it? Now? <laughs> right. And when you actually ate dinner and ate lunch, when you were actually chewing the food mm. or sipping <laughs> the drink, when was it for you? Now? It was now. Yeah. yeah, of course. It was now. And and when tomorrow comes and you decide what to have for lunch tomorrow, when will that be for you? Yeah, now. Exactly. There is only now. Yeah. There is no other time. And people, every single one of us lives in the now. Mm. We need to learn. It's not a matter of learning how to live in the now because we all do it anyway. We can't help mm. it. That's physics. Mm. Okay. There is only now. We exist forever and then we cease to exist in this form forever. That is how it works. There is nothing else but now. What we need to learn and what brainwave entrainment really helped me to do because I didn't have the ability to do it myself is to teach me by training my brain how to actually have my consciousness in the now, mm. to have my thoughts in the now, not to be thinking. You know, I sometimes record when I'm speaking with a customer on the phone and a client because they'll want to have, I don't want them to be taking notes. I want them to be able to give their full attention mm -hmm. as much as they want to yes. give. And then I'll give them the recording. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's incredible. Sometimes I'll listen back on the recording myself. Mm -hmm. And I think to myself, wow, I said that? No kidding. Because I am so in the now that five minutes later, I don't remember what I said. We've been chatting for a while now, and I don't remember what I said 30 seconds ago. <laughs> You're in a flow state. <laughs> because I live in the now. Yeah. I live in the now, my friend. Okay. Yeah. And that has made a massive change in how I experience my life. Because in the past, all I, and, and, you can still use these terms past and future because they help us to arrive on time somewhere yeah. and they help us to form, but you don't actually live in the past or the future. It's just a way of describing something. Yeah, absolutely. It's a construct. Right? We had to meet, yeah. right. We, we had to meet at a certain time so that we would both be together and be able to do this in chat, the present. but it was always in the present, yeah. right? When I, when you set up this time with me, it was the present. When I was checking to make sure I'd be on time, it was the present. It's always the present.
It's never anything else. And when people wrap their heads around that, they start living in the now as opposed to living in the future or living in the past. They always exist in the now. Mm. When you get all that coordinated, when you exist in the now, when you when you live in the now, when you do everything in the now, you'd be amazed how much better your quote unquote future gets. Wow. That's 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 really interesting. And I think paradigm shifting for everyone who has <laughs> tuned in. And uh, actually, fear is a huge topic that I like to talk about because I think fear is mm-hmm. stopping a lot of people, uh, you know, from from anything, from from reaching their goals or starting their business, or wh- whatever it might be. Uh, and actually, mm-hmm. I wanted to dive into your products and services because there are different kind of uh, products with different aims and goals, right? So. What I really liked, or when I went through your products, for example, the quantum mind method, quantum mind power, uh, so would you mm-hmm. talk to us a little bit more about those, what they can do, how they uh, you know, function? Well, when I was going through my serious depression and various other issues, <laughs> I uh, obviously was trying everything under the sun. And despite the fact that none of it, quote unquote, worked for me, I obviously was picking up little bits and pieces here and there that ended up coalescing into what I, what is called now the Mori method. I didn't name that by the way, someone else named it. And so what, so what happened was I realized that I went through years and years and years of looking for other people to help me Mm -hmm. and it wasn't helping me at all. And initially I was mad at them. Hey, you, you're supposed to be a self-help expert. How come you're not helping? <laughs> yeah. And then I realized something that every self-help expert should put at, as a preamble to every course, every book, every recording that they do saying, look, I can only be an expert in my own life. Mm-hmm. And that goes for all the big names too, by the way, they can only be an expert in their own life. They can only speak within the, that frame of reference. Mm-hmm. They have a different education, different religious upbringing. If they have any religious upbringing, they have different experiences, different ways of interpreting experiences. Yeah. Everything is so different about them that if you followed their blueprint, you'd fail. Yeah. 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 So when I turned around and decided I need to help myself, mm-hmm. I created a technology that ended up becoming the Mori method, which was based on the most important component being my brain. Nothing else. Everything else has to act upon my brain in a certain way so that my brain can actually solve the problem. Mm -hmm. My brain can actually help me to help myself. All of my products are designed to help you to help yourself. There's nothing brilliant about me. The brilliance is in you, the user, because it is your brain that is being stimulated. Someone can use, as an example, quantum mind power, and you can have 10 people using it and they'll all get different results. Same program, same quote unquote programming, but different results because the most important component, the most important module of any of my recordings or systems is you. And whether you realize it or not, you know what you need. Mm even if you're not consciously aware of it. So for instance, quantum mind power was my original flagship product. It's what started everything for me. I designed it for myself Mm -hmm. and it ended up helping me so much that I got in touch with someone whose list I was on. I 
talked to them. They tried it. They loved it. They asked me to go into business with them. I was over a quarter million dollars in debt at the time, by the way, mm. and uh, and totally no direction except for my research, which was getting me no money, but certainly making me feel better. Yeah. So the quantum mind method is actually an upgrade. It's an updated version of quantum mind power, and it includes new technologies. For instance, uh, the technology itself includes all of the same original recordings with additions, except the original recordings. I don't know how many of you may be aware of this, or Tibor, you may not even be aware of this. You might be though. Originally, music was tuned to a 440 hertz bass. Mm -hmm. I, I just read it in your document that you sent to me. So yeah, yeah, and, and that's been since the late 1930s. Mm -hmm. Before that. It was 432 hertz. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, some very rich people actually influenced the change to 440. And the idea is that 432 is much softer on the human body and on the human mind and more in tune with us as organisms, mm. as existing creatures. And 440 hertz keeps us under stress. So you can even listen to beautiful jazz music that was recorded with the 440 hertz bass, tonal bass, and it will be hurting you more than it's helping you, even if you feel like you're relaxing, even if you feel warm and fuzzy, even if you feel all of that. Wow. So what I did was I did a lot of research on that and I had customers asking me about it and I said, ah, it's BS, it's crap, don't even pay attention to it. But so many people kept asking me about mm -hmm. it. I thought, Maybe my initial research on this needs to be revisited. So I looked at it again and all the research I could find, some people said it's God's gift. Other people said it's a load of crap and it was about a 50-50 split. And I decided, well, let me see if I can come up with an algorithm that will change my recordings to 432. And I did that. Wow. And I was blown away by the change. It was incredibly powerful, the change. The shift was palatable. You, you couldn't deny it. At least I couldn't deny it. It literally made the original recordings, in my mind and to my experience, twice as effective as they were before. And they were very effective before. And I couldn't get over the change. So the quantum mind method has these recordings all shifted to the 432 tuning. Mm -hmm. 432 hertz tuning. So now that that's done, I added new technologies. You see, quantum mind power initially was designed as a complete you help yourself program. Mm -hmm. The only expertise is to get your brain moving so that it figures out everything you need done and it takes care of doing it for you. Because ultimately, nothing's going to change in your life unless you change it for yourself. So that's what happened. Quantum mind power is designed like mm -hmm. that. This system is designed like that too. However, because of how people are trained, many people require handholding. It's not enough for them to have a generalized self-help product. So I included four mini systems that also involve specific goals. So you would replace the first two quantum mind method recordings that are the base of the system with these two anytime you need them for things like anxiety, for stress, for sleep, you know, that kind of a thing. And these are the areas that were most, we did some studies. We, I did a lot of looking around. I did a questionnaire and we came up with, these are the four areas that are the most important to people. Mm. 
So we created systems that they could plug in anytime they needed to address these four serious issues. Mm -hmm. We also included something called Vi, which I had never done before. Vi, I, I love the name because it's like I'm vying to be better than I was. But Vi stands for Visual Image Entrainment. Yeah, 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 yeah. So some people may or may not be aware that there's devices out there that flicker lights at different frequencies. And these different frequencies, like the sound, like pulsing sound, help to entrain your brain, get your neurons pulsing at those same frequencies to get the benefits. Mm -hmm. It's an advanced form of entrainment. So I decided, well, that's already been done. I could certainly create some videos yeah. that allow people to entrain as well. But what if I could evolve it to something different? You see, I am of the firm belief that if something stays the same for thousands of years, you need to question it because human life is about evolution. It's about change. So if something is around for thousands of years and it hasn't changed, there's a problem with it. It needs to be adapted. It needs to be evolved in order to truly be really effective today. No matter how effective something is 20,000 years ago, it's going to be more effective if it's adapted for today. So what the Vi does is it takes a flicker frequency and audio. So let's say uh, meditation is in seven hertz. So you have pulses going uh, audibly, which is approximately seven times a second on and off. That's good. Well, then I have images that are related to meditation. They might be relaxing. They might show people in the lotus position, whatever. And they have those that are flickering at the same rate of seven times a second. So you have an audio frequency pulsing, blah, 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 blah. You have the images flickering in front of you at that rate, seven times a second. And then you also have a color overlay. Yeah, yeah. So for meditation, you might use like a blue or a green or a brown. I mean, there's different ones you can use. And then I overlay that over the image. Mm -hmm. So you're getting a, a type of color therapy that I, now color therapy is nothing new. We all know about it, but I kind of tested different shades, mm -hmm. different nuances of these colors. And the best ones that I could find were the ones that I included. So then the meditation has the visual, it has the color, it has the sound. And then I incorporated some of my other TMM, you know, the Mori method technology yeah. that's embedded beneath it. So there's visual cues and there's auditory cues that you can't consciously hear, that you're not consciously aware of, but that are there. Wow. These are three-minute videos. And yeah. if you watch them, they're designed to have an effect immediately. So if you're feeling stressed, mm. you could literally watch that three-minute meditation and it will shift your energy right away. But the beautiful thing is they're also designed that if you watch them at least five times a day, and you can pick, there's six of them included, six different topics. If you pick any of them, whichever ones you feel like, and watch a minimum of five times a day, then you will see a long-term benefit as well. Yeah. So when you incorporate all of this together, you get a system that is designed for you to help yourself, but also there for you when you need your handheld. There's other products too. I have something called triliminals, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which are pulsing frequencies designed to release something called LTP. It stands for long-term potentiation. In a certain theta bandwidth, your neurons release this chemical. And without this chemical, information goes in one ear and out the other. That's huge. In this recording, 
Well, exactly. You see, when you understand something, it makes it a lot easier to deal with. So in this particular case, these recordings are designed to deal with what I call negative reflexive thought processes. Mm -hmm. uh, 11 p.m. at night, your phone rings. Most people's first thought is who died <laughs> or who's in hospital yeah. or what's yeah. wrong, right? Because they're not used to getting calls at that yeah. time. A lot of people won't open a bill. They'll get a bill in the mail and they won't open it for a mm -hmm. week because they're afraid to see how much their phone bill is or their internet bill is or whatever, you know? So they, so these are negative, these are examples of negative reflexive thoughts. Mm -hmm. So what happens is you get this special frequency that is designed to help you release amounts of LTP, long-term potentiation, mm -hmm. but you also get me talking to you. In the left ear, I'm stating statements that are designed for your right brain or right hemisphere. In the right ear, statements designed for the left hemisphere, because that's how your perception works. The left side goes to the right hemisphere, the right side goes to the left mm -hmm. hemisphere. And then again, a third voice that's over top that is designed for either or, or even both hemispheres. And sometimes you hear the voices overlap, sometimes they're in unison, sometimes they follow kind of like a woven storyline together. And sometimes certain sides are louder than other sides. This, it takes me two weeks to make a triliminal. Wow. I have a, tri I have a triliminal club every month. I come out with a new topic. So far we have, I think it's a hundred and I don't know, 140, 150 different topics. I've been doing this since it came out and the triliminal re literally reprograms it. And the thing about the triliminal is the way it's designed and with all of the embedded technologies, it doesn't matter if you don't agree with what I say. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm because they're specifically designed for your brain to reprocess everything within your own experience. Wow. So if I say something you don't agree with, your brain will naturally reinterpret it to make sense and something that you understand and can work with mm -hmm. on your own. It's coded that way, the entrainment is coded that way, and the scripting is written that way. So then I have something called brain prints, and I'm not going to go into anything else after that because we'll be here all day. But I have something called brain prints because triliminals, to really have a good, strong effect, you kind of need to listen to them at least two or three times a day. And you need to listen to my entrainment and triliminals lying down or sitting with head support, eyes closed, comfortable volume, and stereo headphones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Ordinary stereo headphones. Yeah. So a lot of people were saying, we love the triliminals, but I don't have time for this. Is there some way you can make them so we can do it? Well, I came up with brain prints mm -hmm. and brain prints involves a audible brainwave entrainment tone recording. So it's a 30 minute recording called the entrainment initiator. Twice a week, you have to lie down or sit the same way I just explained and listen, yeah. but it's only twice a week. Mm -hmm. The brain prints themselves are subliminalized entrainment. So you can play those anytime you want over a speaker at a low volume, barely audible. That's all you need. And it comes through. The reason for the entrainment initiator is we have installed in all of the brain prints, the initiator, the exact same recording, which has been subliminalized. See, there's a lot of people out there that say they have subliminal entrainment. The problem with that is you can't have subliminal entrainment or at least you couldn't, because for entrainment to have an effect, the tone has to occur outside of the head. A bunch of physiological effects have to happen to initiate that frequency following response I talked about before, and the cortical evoked response. It has to happen outside the head. However, because of the nature of subliminal technology, 
if you listen twice a week to the entrainment initiator, which is where you actually hear the tones, bah, 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 when your subconscious recognizes those tones in the brain prints, your brain will naturally, through something called muscle memory, produce a small amount of LTP. Mm-hmm. That amount of LTP that is created through muscle memory will allow the brain prints to be that much more effective. So I was able to come up with a way of making entrainment, which used to be impossible as a subliminal, actually work Wow! as a subliminal. And this is what I do. I'm constantly, I have currently working mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. eight different stimulation patterns that have never been used for entrainment ever. I'm working on 18 different types of stimulation and products wow. that have never been done before. My goal is to eventually live long enough so that I can create products that no matter who is looking, they will find something that I have created that will be able to at least in some way help them. Wow. That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. And, and people tell me it's impossible to do. And I say, you know what? It's only impossible if you believe it is. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and I, I just want to make sure that people uh, can go to your website and check these products out. So the morimethod.com. And I wanted to make sure that we um, talk about what the goals of these products. So, so for example, there is confidence, uh, prosperity. Uh, you mentioned also anxiety and um, different kind of products for, for sleep yeah. issues. There's, there's for everything. As a matter of fact, uh, there was a product that we're just launching or relaunching mm-hmm. called Revitamind. Mm-hmm. So if people go to revitamind.com, uh, this was actually uh, originally a product that was mentioned in the book, The End of Alzheimer's by Dr. Dale Bredesen. It was on the New York Times bestsellers list for like nine mm-hmm. months. Mm-hmm. And he mentioned it a few times in the book. It actually helps with cognitive issues. Mm-hmm. And literally, uh, Dr. Bredesen developed a protocol that can halt and even reverse Alzheimer's in many cases. And I strongly suggest if anybody has anyone out there, or if you yourself have been diagnosed with the gene or with some attributes, that you go and buy this book. It'll be the best money you've ever spent. Mm. <laughs> and uh, wow. you know, in his protocol, he actually explains the use of my recording to help with things like sleep and with stress levels, because that has a lot to do with cognitive impairment as well. So revitamind.com is a great place to go. And actually you'll get a a free recording if you go there now, because we're in the middle of a launch and that recording is encoded in the 432 Hertz. Mm -hmm. So you're getting benefit upon benefit upon benefit. The other website would be the uh, quantum mind method dot com forward slash special mm-hmm. and that would be for the quantum mind method uh, to be able to look at that my personal website is more informational it doesn't really have a lot in the way of product but if they're interested in checking it out that would really be the best places uh, to go in order to do that so yeah i always people are always asking me to get back to your question what do they do people get what they need i, I do have re- you know, systems specifically on confidence and specifically Mm -hmm. on prosperity, Mm -hmm. you know, to help reprogram that negative thought process. But I strongly suggest, and this is going to be annoying to some people, go into anything you want. And this isn't just for my products or my letters, you know, my sales pages. It's for anything. Mm -hmm. Go in with your intention intact. So having a clear intention, I want to feel better. I want to be wealthier. I want to be happier. Whatever that intention is, Go into anything with that intention. Mm -hmm. Then when you read what people are describing, see how you feel. 
See what resonates with you. People are always asking me, Maury, these are my issues. What do you suggest? (laughs) And normally I try to get out of it by saying, look, check out everything and see what you are attracted to, Mm -hmm. what you're drawn to, because you are your own guru. I am a brainwave entrainment expert. No question about that. I'm probably the top in my field for the kind of entrainment and what I do in the whole planet, like in the world. But that being said, I don't know the first thing about you. Yeah. So you need to go in with the intention. Mm -hmm. You need to stop going with this idea that marketing has put out, especially in the self-improvement industry, but really in every industry, that experts know better than you do. Yeah. Wow. Okay. That is not true. Experts might know what they know, but as I mentioned earlier, you can only be an expert in yourself. Yeah. So no matter how wise I am, right? No matter how wise you are, Tibor, no matter how wise I am, we're only wise relative to our own experience. And we can share that with other people in a way that hopefully it inspires them to reinterpret anything that resonates with them that we say in their own frame of reference. Because if they just follow what we say outright, they'll fail. Yeah. But if they resonate with something and they go, ah, you know what? That kind of tweaks a thought in my head. Develop that thought, work on it, reinterpret it, reimagine it in your own frame of reference, your Mm -hmm. own experience, then decide if you want to act on it. Because if you act on that, that's where you're going to succeed from, not from somewhere else. So that's what I tell people. I say, look, you're the expert in you, not me. I'm the expert in brainwave entrainment, sure, but I'm not the expert in you. You need to read those letters, no matter how laborious they may be, (laughs) right? And you need to decide yourself what makes sense. You know, do a scoring system. If I have five products you're interested in, read the five letters and the first letter gets a four out of five. The first, the second letter gets a one out of five. The third letter gets a four, you know, and, and work it out that way. Yeah. Yeah. But you have to choose for yourself. It is time for you to start understanding that the only way you're going to get better, the only way you're going to improve, the only way you're going to be fantastic, because you are fantastic anyway, but the only way you're going to realize this is if you take the responsibility for healing, for being happier, for being anything that you want to be, you have to take that responsibility yourself. You have to stop giving it. You know, no one gives their power away. If you feel powerless, it's because you think you've given it away because you're always looking for an expert, an expert, an expert. And when the experts don't help you, you have to learn from that, which is exactly how I developed my systems. Wow. I realized that after years and years and years, decades really, Mm -hmm. of looking for other people to solve my problems, that it wasn't going to happen. And the only way it was going to happen is if I took responsibility and I started you know, letting myself be guided by what was resonating with me and developing things and testing them. I was my own lab rat too, (laughs) (laughs) testing them to the point where I could see changes. And then I knew, aha, I'm on the right track. You know, there's no reason why some of you who think you're at the end of your rope because you've tried everything under the sun and nothing works. Wow. That's probably an opportunity for you. If you stop looking at it as a problem, you see, when we define something as a problem or bad, we don't learn anything from it because we've been brought up to avoid bad, right? We've been brought up to resist bad. Stay away. Don't look at it. Yeah, absolutely. But if instead you look at it as a lesson, look, I didn't like school, but there were a lot of lessons there, right? (laughs) When you 
look at something as a lesson, you learn from it. For all you know, those of you out there who think you're the worst off, Mm. who think there's nothing there to help you, you might very well be the ones who need to stop looking at that as bad and everything has failed and instead thinking, I'm supposed to come up with something myself. And then you're going to come up with something yourself, just like I did, to help yourself, just like I did. And then maybe you'll have a whole career helping thousands and thousands and thousands of people all over the world because you are now looking at your life as an experience, as a learning experience, instead as as of a punishment or a problem. Wow, Maury, I, I have to say I couldn't agree more. So I... I I, I believe that, you know, people should, or a lot of people, you know, um, expect solutions from others, but it's so true that, you know, you have to be responsible and, and take these learnings. And I think your products help people tune in and, uh, you know, take this responsibility and evolve from the inside out, which is, which is incredible. That's, that's my feeling, Right. That's why I actually resonated with coaching because pure coaching is rather, you know, asking a lot of questions, assisting someone mm-hmm. to find their own answers and not, you know, mentoring someone, telling them what to do, giving advice, whatever. I love that. Because, you know, what you have also said, uh, it's your experience, it's your perception of the world, it's your own unique experience. And it's not true for all of us, right? Because we are all different. So, I think that's that's a huge message there. And thank you for sharing these. Uh, I think it's it's really great. So I usually ask my guests about book recommendations. I don't know if you have something in your mind that, that you would recommend to the listeners. Uh, <laughs> sure, for, for I do, <laughs> but they're probably not going to be the probably not going to be the kind of books they would never normally think about. <laughs> but l- let's go for the more mainstream self improvement first. <laughs> okay. I was most affected by the Celestine prophecy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. That they actually even made a movie about it. That wasn't half bad, but the book, the Celestine prophecy kind of woke me up to potential and possibilities mm-hmm. and that anything was possible. And that kind of planted a seed in wow. me that allowed me to grow and ke- and keeps me growing. Quite frankly, there's other books. If people want to learn more about how their brain works mm-hmm. and, and, and understand the dynamics behind it all. There's a fantastic book called The Handbook of Neural Feedback. Actually, Neurofeedback. Yeah. And then the subtitle is Dynamics and Clinical Applications. So it's a little bit dry reading, but if you really want to have an understanding of a kind of a a volume that will give everything, each chapter is written by a different expert. Mm -hmm. Wow. And there's even a section on entrainment in there. And it will help you to get a much better handle on how your brain works and why your brain works. Then there's two other quick books that I would like to point out. I used to have incredible back problems. <laughs> and I don't, I'm sure a lot of us do out there. There's a gentleman, his name is Dr. Kenneth, sorry, Kenneth Hansrosh. And he came out with a fantastic book called Secrets of the Cervical Spine. And he's a spinal surgeon, <laughs> but he doesn't want people to get surgery. <laughs> So this book has exercises, it has pictures, it has explanations that outline everything that's necessary for someone to avoid surgery. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, I would suggest for those of you who are looking for prosperity and prosperity is a lot more than money, but let's just talk about money for a quick mm-hmm. sec. There's a book that I absolutely love by a guy named Michael Masterson mm-hmm. 
called Ready, Fire, Aim. Yeah. And this book, uh, you know, has a lot of wisdom in it and a lot of hands-on advice for entrepreneurs and people who might want to be entrepreneurs and how to actually succeed and not get in your own way. It's really a book on, in my mind, how to get out of your own way mm -hmm. and allow yourself to succeed. So those would be the books that I would suggest. Yeah, that's that's really great. Thank you so much. Uh, I haven't read them, so really, really interesting. And uh, you kind of like answered my last question, which is um, about your vision and how do you see yourself doing what you're doing? Where are you heading? And yeah, the legacy that you want to live. Okay, that's actually a great question because I don't have children. So the legacy that I'm leaving mm. is my work. And I just, you know, when I was going through all my depression, you can hear it in my voice. So just give me a sec here. Okay, so when I was going through my depression, the pain and the angst that I felt was insane how powerful it was. And I want to keep people from experiencing that. And if they are experiencing it, I want to help them out of it. I didn't have anyone to help me. Yeah. Because every time I tried to get help, people would just turn me away, <laughs> you know? So I just want people to realize that you're here and you're not alive to suffer. Okay. Pain is only an indication. It's like, I call it the red light on the dashboard of your life. So physical pain, mental pain, these are indicators that something is off. If you act early enough on these things, you can avoid, I believe anyway, that you can avoid much more serious issues down the road. If you have ignored them like I did for decades and you need to help work on them, then look at your quote unquote problems mm -hmm. And redefine them as lessons instead. Mm. And that will help you to learn what you need to learn. Uh, if I can tell a really quick story, do you have a couple more yeah, minutes? Yeah, sure. Let's do it. Okay, great. When I was a kid, I burned my hand really, really badly. Mm. My mother was on the phone and she was cooking. And I was at home from school. I guess I was sick or something. And I was bored. And I'm going, mom, mom, pay attention to me. Pay attention to me. And she wasn't. She's going, honey, go back and watch TV. I'm busy. I'm talking to your aunt and I'm cooking. Well, back in those days, they had elements that were raised off the stove and they glowed orange and it was like a embers and a fire. It was really cool. So I reached out with my hand to touch it. Mm -hmm. And she looked at me and she said, honey, don't do that. You'll burn yourself. Very loving, very soft. You know, my hand retracted. Well, she wasn't paying attention anymore. I put my hand out again. Honey, don't do that. You'll burn yourself. There was still love, but you, you can see where it's going, yeah. right? So this went on and on and on until eventually I put my hand out and she slapped it and she yelled at me, don't do that. Yeah. Well, I still didn't learn. The next time I went in, she didn't catch me and my hand was in agony for like weeks, <laughs> absolute <laughs> weeks. It was horrible, absolutely horrible. But the moral of the story is I think the universe gets louder and angrier when you don't listen to the lesson it's trying to teach you. Mm. Yeah. So for those of you out there who think life is hopeless or that it's you're helpless in it, try looking at it from a different perspective. When these so-called bad things happen, look at them as lessons instead. And I said this earlier, but I'll say it again. Look at them as lessons instead and see what message you're missing. Because I firmly believe that the only reason why things are getting worse mm -hmm. 
is because you're missing the message. And like my mom, it gets louder and louder and eventually more physical, <laughs> more painful until you finally learn the lesson. Yeah. And when you learn the lesson, it doesn't yell anymore. And in my experience, much of my pain in my life went away when I adopted that attitude that I need to look at this instead of something bad mm. as something good that I've been ignoring the lesson from. When I learned the lesson, the causation, the effect just withered away. Absolutely. Uh, what a beautiful vision and great lesson. And something just came to my mind. Uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer said, if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change, which is, of course, nice. But Brilliant. yeah, it's it's uh, it's about the, the mindset, how we perceive things, the attitude. So we've talked about a lot of those things. And wow, more really, thank you so much for sharing all these valuable insights for the listeners. And um, I wish you good luck with your goals and aspirations. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, people should know, by the way, that my contact information is all over the internet. And when you call me, you actually get me. That's amazing. So, well, I'm not selling apples and oranges. Yeah. Right? <laughs> so, And all the links are going to be in the show notes. So people will find it also on the website, mindsetrise.com, in the show notes. So, yeah. And I want to thank you, Tibor, for doing what you do. Because a lot of people who listen to your show, I think might be taking you for granted and people like you for granted because you bring on these guests who educate and teach and open people's eyes. But you know what? Without you, mm. none of that happens. Thank you so much. So I, I, I'm grateful for you and I'm grateful for you asking me on and I'm grateful for everybody out there. So thank you, everybody. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. What is up, Mindset Nation? Thank you so much for listening. And I really hope this episode's been highly valuable to you. And if so, please make sure to spread the word and share this episode with your friends. We are on a mission to build this community of Mindset Nation. So please make sure to go to iTunes, go to Stitcher and support us by rating and reviewing the show. And don't forget to subscribe as well. For more information about Mindset Horizon, simply visit our website mindsethorizon.com and sign up to our weekly newsletter to get the latest information about new episodes, mindset transforming freebies, tips and insights. Make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram, leave us a message, we'd love to get in touch with you and hear more about you. Alright guys, thank you so much for listening, take care and be limitless my friends. <laughs>